0: This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, the land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son, always was and
1: always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Witching Hour is brought to you by New Bub Club, delicious meals for new and time-poor parents. No prep, made from scratch, comfort food when you need it most.
0: Hello and welcome to Witchy Hour, the podcast that looks at what's exciting, delighting, intriguing and frustrating us when it comes to making work, work. I'm Lucinda. And I'm Liz, And we have a third girlfriend here with us today. You probably can't see this because this is a podcast, but I've just held up my little baby gal. She's so tiny with so much hair,
1: beautiful little puppet.
0: Way bigger than Ray though, nearly a kilo bigger than Ray was at birth. That she's just a tiny little thing and she is now, what's today, she is nine days
1: old. Gosh, that's insane. I feel like that's gone so quick.
0: I mean, I obviously know. not
1: for you, <laughs> but for me. Well,
0: yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah, you're like, this is so easy from my home. <laughs> 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 I've been sleeping so well since you had your baby.
1: <laughs> Legit, I swear. Something, Something's in the water. My kids are now sleeping and yours isn't. Kicking things off, good news story. Give it to me. All right, everyone's heard about that mother in New South Wales that's had the uterus transplant. Okay, that's like not topical. But she actually gave birth on the 15th of December last year, which I thought was really cool. Her name is Kirsty Bryant. What I didn't actually know about this was that the uterus that she received was actually from her mother. Did you know that?
0: That is incredible.
1: I think that just makes the story even more amazing. Like it's obviously incredible that she had the uterus transplant and that she's had a beautiful, healthy baby. But what a wild gift from your mum. Like that's just blew my, it blew my mind. It is
0: actually amazing. I can't even conceive of, pardon the pun, how that happened. So it was a
1: 16-hour surgery. 16 hours, that's what they said. That's what they reported. Um, And obviously it's a groundbreaking trial.
0: Yeah, I wonder how life or death that was like I wonder what a risk it was and all of that it's pretty amazing goes to show a mother's love I'll tell you that much she obviously wanted her daughter to have a baby so much that's a beautiful story I'm glad it's worked out today top city law firm names and shames work from home shirkers Citivising is the latest parenting trend because it's bloody genius. I agree, Loz. You wrote that. I'm reading it, but I agree with you. And your answers to our questions on where you feel more confident, in motherhood or your career. Kick us off, Loz.
1: Top city law firm names and shames work from home shirkers, and I'll explain what that word means because I had no freaking idea. Lawyers to be tracked entering and exiting office in corporate crackdown. Firstly, can you imagine... Like your time of when you enter and the time of when you leave monitored. I find that so, it gives me the
0: ick. Don't lawyers have to bill for every six minutes or something ridiculous? The whole idea of law stresses me out.
1: Probably, but imagine the overtime. Like they've been working oh. so much overtime anyway.
0: I know, come on, give them a break.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, sorry. this article, Slaughter in May, which is a law By the way, name, Slaughter
0: is like a shocking. very stressful name.
1: <laughs> it's a shocking name. It doesn't give
0: me like the warm fuzzies, I'll tell you that much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Slaughter and May have started tracking when lawyers enter its London headquarters in an effort to crack down on those shirking in-office requirements. So shirking means avoiding or neglecting a duty. So the firm requires head office staff to work there three days a week, that's fair enough, but believes that some are not following the rules couple of things on this one in every organization regardless of what rules are in place there's always a very small minority that don't follow them and I feel like most workplaces kind of just have to factor that in
0: unless you're like the most talented hiring team on the planet like you've got to allow for a bit of that
1: exactly right
0: it's just part of the human condition
1: yes Those people don't necessarily set a tone, right? So they they might be the odd percent that take every single sick day and then take a sick day once a month just to be like to use them.
0: And they're probably not the people going for the bonuses and the salary rises. They're just the people that are quite happy to be there. They'll do their job, not amazingly, then they get out.
1: Exactly right. And if you don't like the way that they're adding to your culture, number one, don't have those entitlements, which is exactly what they are. Or number two, have the conversation with that person around their work ethic. And start it that way. But don't implement a rule that's going to affect all of your employees for a yes. minority doing the, the wrong thing. It's and how odd.
0: anxiety inducing being tracked
1: like that. To give them some credit, what this firm is saying around the reason why they're implementing this is that primarily junior solicitors learn from more experienced colleagues. And that helps by being in person. So a lot of work that lawyers do, not that I'm a lawyer, clearly.
0: I can see you. I can see you taking the stand. You'd be quite a convincing <laughs> I'd lawyer. would be
1: terrible. I'd nah, be awful. I'd, I'd
0: bloody be like, oh, I'm going. <laughs> if I was in the jury, I'd
1: just, I'd go with you. You would not. I can understand how that happens because a lot of, you know, when you see these things on TV and like if you've ever attended jury duty, which I have, and it was. Have you? Yeah, it was incredible. the luckiest I got a Supreme Court plate. case. I am. You're it was kidding. amazing. No, you'd end up in the news. It was so I don't good. I even
0: remember that. Was it in our friendship lifetime? Yeah, um, but it would have been
1: probably 12 years ago because now. Because you're such
0: a good citizen, you're like tight-lipped, can't tell anybody, not tell any loose. Do you know
1: what? I was actually the last person they were able not to select. So the defence wanted to get all women off, so they made a complaint about those females that were put forward because wow. the person that actually committed the murder, unbelievable, with a statue of Mary, so you can Google that, her name was Katya. Are you
0: allowed to tell me? Yeah, because she got convicted. She's in jail. Oh, so you're allowed to now? I was like, "Laws, are you breaking?" Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, no, no. Absolutely not. No, no, no. So she we can convicted. publish this. Like this is bad yeah. Oh my god, why? So they got rid of all women because obviously because she was a she female. Was female. Wow. Yeah, and then I was the only one that they they'd run out of. I don't know all the legal terminology about this, but they'd run out of. I was gonna say all like get out of jail free <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's more like it they'd, <laughs> they'd run out of those and so they had to pick me and I was like beside myself so excited oh, oh. anyway back to this I can understand why a firm would want people in the office for learning because you kind of do need to be on the job if you're representing someone in court you're physically usually in there um so it would be good to have that hands-on experience but that portion of their job wouldn't be like 90 to hundred percent. Like there's definitely ways that you can get around that by not being in person. So it's a little cheeky. 100%. Yeah. I'm also curious to see, whether there'll be backlash against this as more millennials are starting to move into that field because obviously we know that, not millennials, sorry, Gen Z, we know that that generation is demanding flexibility. So I'm not sure. Probably they've got more of an ageing workforce. As a lawyer, you've got to train and study for a long time. So you've probably got an older demographic that's like, okay, we always used to work in the office, so it's okay. And
0: especially in the senior positions because you'd be a junior for longer in the field of law, I would imagine.
1: Yes. Exactly. Anyway, to back this up, I looked at some studies around this. Study by the Chartered Management Institute found that more than half of managers of all ages were working from home between one and four days in an average week with just over a third in the office full time. So most people aren't in the office, to be honest. We're still working from home. Half of under 35s this is interesting, demand a raise just to come into the office full time. Love it. Good on us. So that's something to consider for this law firm requesting that people be in the office. Is it... The younger employees, those under twenty, those under thirty-five, are probably going to demand more money for it. It's a real departure from what things used to be like. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. Leaders under thirty-five are also the most likely to push for subsidised travel and free lunches. A study from the Chartered Management Institute has also found.
0: I back that in too because it is quite amazing the amount of effort people go through to get to offices. I've always thought that. Like I know that you choose where you live, but in a lot of cases people don't. Like a lot of people would love to live in a city but can't afford to, for example. Yes. And the amount of money that they spend getting into the city, it's interesting that that's never really been subsidised and that's not really been much of a conversation until recently. I know for some industries it is, but for most it's like you're just expected into the office and whatever time and money that costs you is on you.
1: On that, I caught the train the other day, which for those of you that know me is odd <laughs>
0: to say the least. That's a new story in and of itself.
1: Yeah, it is. I caught the train the other day, tapped on my Mikey. It's like 10 bucks a day.
0: It is ludicrous. I don't catch the train because where I live, trains don't exist. The closest train to Rye is Frankston. But I could not believe the last time I was in the city on the
1: train how expensive it was. It was so expensive. I was like, this is ridiculous. An HR manager commented off the back of this article and labelled that back-to-office orders are viewed, in her opinion, as sexist particularly for working mothers as most of these orders and decisions are being made by male CEOs and therefore have a very male skewed perspective. What do you think?
0: I hate the idea of being monitored that heavily. I feel like there's a level of trust that you need to sign up to when you hire someone. And I think monitoring them coming in and out of the office creates bad rapport in a team. I think any good manager trusts their staff and if you don't you need to have those one-on-one conversations with them this should not be as you say a one-size-fits-all thing well a few of you are slacking off we're going to monitor the ins and outs of all of you I don't like that approach I think we should be more personalized when we're looking at the way we manage our staff and I just don't think you get the best out of people when you lump them in all together say we're not trusting you and we're going to monitor your every move.
1: Yeah, but this isn't the first article I've read like this, as in I would say... No,
0: I feel like we're speaking about this often because it keeps coming up.
1: Exactly, which is why I'm thinking to myself, okay, was COVID kind of a bit warping for everyone? It's probably the wrong use of terminology. But did it warp everyone to this like false sense of security that like everyone can work from home, it's totally flexible? Before that, nobody really had that. Like it was a rarity. I do sometimes wonder how entitled we are. Is it fair?
0: Are we a little bit over-entitled? I also wonder... What was the more common experience of just your average staffer? I was speaking about this with Hayden the other day and I was like, I still work till 9pm often from home. And he was like, yeah, but I don't know if that would be the norm. And I was like, maybe it's not. So it'd be interesting to understand what productivity, I don't know if you can hear Posey's little noises, but they're hilarious. What what productivity was like more across the board when you're used to working in a hardworking team that's really busy You only see that sample, but I guess that doesn't give me the broader picture of how other teams worked across the state, across the country, across different industries.
1: To add to that, ANZ, Suncorp and Origin Energy have all said that they would tie remuneration to office attendance for some staff and NAB ordered senior staff back to work five days a week in mid-2023.
0: Five days a week for me is too much. Three days, absolutely fine. And if people are shirking, which is a great word that I said with a smirk for some reason, <laughs> a smirk a smirk, if people are shirking, I think they should be one-on-one conversations. I don't think everyone should be reprimanded.
1: Do you think it's sexist?
0: I don't think it helps mothers. Yeah. So, okay. yes, I think it's sexist in the sense that it disregards how a lot of families run. Yeah. And... I think there's so much truth in the fact that it's normally men who are not affected by this, that it's them making the I, decisions and everyone else just has no. to fall in line. It doesn't consider the whole workforce.
1: Yeah. I also think, and I found this stat really relevant to this article, it says that women now make up 53% of all solicitors in Australia, so they have the majority. That's it, Which is pretty cool. Yeah. And this is the first time that's happened. The, for the first time, female solicitors outnumber male solicitors in all states and territories across Australia. So if these are the policies that they wanted to bring in, um, if this is happening in the UK, like normally we follow suit, Australia follows suit in some way, Yeah, I'd be curious to see whether this 53% remains or increases or if these new policies that law firms are bringing in sees that number steadily decrease because it's, it just wouldn't be an appealing career.
0: No, or if it will mean that for the first time changes like this are outdated and women are taking it up to the men because actually now we're taking up more of that workforce. So maybe also it could do the positive reverse of demanding change that they haven't demanded before because they haven't felt like the majority.
1: Great perspective on that. Time will tell. Cidivising is the latest parenting trend because it's freaking genius. Okay, this has been a viral TikTok trend. I'm getting slammed with it. I don't know if you've seen it. Do you actually like partake in TikTok every day? Love it. Are you joking? Yeah, I I keep getting
0: the app and deleting the app. I feel like it's it's taking me to a city like Tokyo where I'm like, there's too much going on here, I've got to leave. Love Tokyo, weird example. But, uh, it's
1: so good. Oh, it's so overstimulating. Oh, I love it. I love it. I could slick through it for hours just before bed.
0: It just, <laughs> just really uh, bring the melanin in. I'm so yeah. relaxed. The melatonin,
1: sorry. <laughs> the melanin. Yes. I'm bring the sun in. <laughs> So what is it? What actually is sitivizing? This is the best explanation of parenting I've ever heard. Sitivizing is supervising your children from a seated position Love oh. it. i already love it yeah instead of always engaging and play with them kudos to you if you're doing that and i love how it says always engaging yeah i was like who's who's doing that as their baseline <laughs> not i sometimes thing. i need to do more <laughs> so this trend encourages parents to sit back and watch their kids from a safe distance it was coined by susan alliston founder of the busy toddler instagram account and it's supportive of children and most importantly parents So the way she describes it is like this, obviously very psychology um, skew to it. Picture this. Your children are playing while you're sitting back on your couch, on a park bench, in a lawn chair, and watching them entertain themselves. You're comfortable and your kids are safe and engrossed in their own play. It's a win-win. If I could describe parenting like that, uh, uh, sign me up. Yes, I want to be sitting in a lounge chair, probably with a drink, just watching my children frolic. I want a lawn chair. I want a gorgeous drink. I want an oyster.
0: I'll sit yeah. there for hours. Exactly. I tell you that you are exactly. doing a great job, Ray. Great job. Oh, Your lightning between crocs are very cool. You look great in them.
1: <laughs> Every time I've tried to sit down and do this, literally, I take a seat, I sit down, and I thought, I think to myself, oh, I might just check my phone. Mom, mm. mom, mom, watch me. I'm like, oh. Like, I, I'm like, genuinely, are the only benefits sitting down? Because I'm still doing the same shit. Because you're not meant to be
0: scrolling, obviously. Like, I don't think she's telling you to scroll.
1: (laughs) But if I'm sitting, isn't that like... (laughs) I know. It's so
0: hard not to scroll. It's so hard not to scroll. You just want to get on TikTok, you sicko.
1: Yeah, of course I do. So Susan says you're encouraging independent play while at the same time getting a moment to put your feet up and relax a bit.
0: You're making me feel great because I'm nine days postpartum. Yeah. Take your foot off the pedal. I can't be sitting on my perineum or running around all the time. I need to lie down. So it's great that what I'm doing right now is okay. I'm sit and I'm going, wow, Ray, you did it. Yeah. You clap, clap, clap. That's pretty much my parenting style of play at the moment. So this is making me feel great about myself.
1: I think what's been interesting on TikTok though, not that you're following, but there has been <laughs> a lot of backlash against it. So a lot of people are saying that's super lazy. It's neglecting your kids. It's not being actively involved, like letting them run off and do their own stuff is not, you know, it's not what being a parent is about. Like why did you have kids if you just want to let them do their own thing? Yeah, if you're sitting
0: with them and having dialogue with them, surely that's okay. I mean, don't get me wrong, we should play with our kids, but sometimes you're really tired. So I think sit should be an option in our tool belt. Maybe it's not what you do 100% of the time. Playing is great and it does make you feel good when you actually do it. But if you're newly postpartum, does Uh, it tbc
1: honestly (laughs) like
0: if i'm at the beach with my dog and and we run around it's a great dopamine hit and i feel good about myself not scrolling not tempted to check on anything you feel present you feel good and you're like these are the core memories as i raise my hand because everyone's fucking talking about core memories at the moment these are the core memories that i want to create for my child so it does make you feel good sometimes.
1: Matt, right, I'm sorry, I can't stop looking at Posey during this. Her head is like just slouched and she's just got her mouth open catching flies. Like I miss those days. She is, isn't
0: See, she? See, this
1: is what parenting is all about. This I is know. what it's all about. This is civilising.
0: Yeah, this is civilising. <laughs> she doesn't play much yet, luckily for me.
1: <laughs> Found some interesting research about play-based learning or independent play from the RCH National Child Health Poll in 2023. So it's recent couple of things. It said a third of parents, so 32%, say it's not good for play to involve risk. What
0: are they saying? Like it's not good to... Well, this is the
1: whole be careful thing,
0: right? Climb high on trees or something. Is that what they're saying?
1: I don't know. Almost two in three parents, 61%, also find playing <laughs> with their child hard or boring.
0: Oh, that's good. I'm glad that nearly two-thirds of parents think that because it can be. It can be really boring.
1: Most parents, 58%, are keen to learn more about how to play with their child. I actually do think I sit in that bucket.
0: Yeah, I do too because you want to, like I don't want to miss these times with Ray but it can be really boring. So it's like how do we find a way to make it fun for both us and them? Yeah. Because do you know what annoys me about playing with Ray sometimes is that I start off with the best of intentions of us sitting down and doing an activity together but then to go off and do other stuff and I'm like, you know, with me anyway, like he ditched <laughs> me basically. Yeah. I'm a loser, and he yeah, my Phone again, or he oh, starts look. demanding the TV, and there comes a point where I cannot be bothered fighting with him anymore. So I put cars, aka catch, as he calls it, on yeah. for the five thousandth time because I, I don't have the energy to argue with him.
1: Sienna just wants me to dress up or do my makeup. I don't want her oh, to do my makeup because so it's funny. messed up, and also she has is- Come on, Cinderella! And I was like, I said to me, "Why do you call me Cinderella?" And I'm, I'm not joking you. I think it's because she thinks all I do is clean. So she, she's like, you sweep. I'm like, babe, I don't uh, sweep. Been... Like, oh who getting God. this shit from? She's like, that "Come on, so Cinderella, funny. come on." I'm like, You're I don't like, dress up. Stop offending
0: me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't want makeup anymore. I'm like, can't we play a game that Mummy likes? Like, yeah, let's eat ice cream together. I'll do one scoop, you That's do the a game. next. Like, it's so much more fun. <laughs>
0: Let's play an eating game. I love food. Do you love food?
1: <laughs> so what we
0: need to do is find games that we both like. It's very hard when we're in our mid-30s and they're in their uh, mid, what, what should we call them? They're in their very early life. <laughs> they're mid-1s and mid-3s.
1: Yeah, and also like I know the other day I said to Sienna, oh, "Let's do a puzzle together." Yeah. And honestly, it was so frustrating. Like I had to give up. I was like, "Yeah." There's ten pieces in this puzzle. Legitimately, yeah. and they just ten. pull it
0: apart. Like, I've, I've done that on. with Ray. Like I've built him things and he pulls it apart. And you try to be all like relaxed, and you're like, oh, "Oh, I can't." It was really gorgeous what I made, and now you've destroyed it. All right, here's a challenge for us. We need to find yes. games that we that we and our children enjoy.
1: I'm pretty sure the eating game is a good one. <laughs> Food <laughs> One thing about sitivising that did really strike a chord with me from an Australian study actually is that it signaled that free play predicts self-regulation in late years <laughs> So by allowing your children by taking a step back and having that conversation with a mum at the park, and not necessarily like watching them the whole time, like letting them do their own thing or run amok or do whatever. It does give them, like if something happens, which naturally it usually does when you're not looking, something happens, it provides them with a the tool to recognize that they're hurt, they've done something, these are the consequences of it. And apparently that thinking helps individuals later in life. So that's pretty nice to reflect on. Yeah, it
0: gives them some agency to like build their emotional well-being, mental well-being. Independence.
1: Yes. I like that. Yeah. All those types of things. I'm all
0: for a bit of citivising. Maybe we go for one third citivising, one third playing with our kids, and one third screen time. Free time. <laughs> screen. Nice. No, I said screen.
1: <laughs> I said free. Whatever. <laughs> same, same. Same, same. <laughs> In my eyes, there's nothing better than food when it comes to easing the mental load. Whether it's postpartum, a hectic work schedule, one less thing to think of over a busy period, food is always a great gifting or treat yourself option. Lou, I was gifted New Bub Club by a friend for my second baby and loved it. And Lou, you've recently received some of their meals for your second baby Posey. What are your thoughts?
0: We've just finished two weeks of new Bub Club meals and I am a huge fan. The portion sizes are ridiculously generous, which I remember you saying, Loz, and it is lucky given how hungry I am. I cannot stop eating. The food is seriously good. Some of my favourites have been the Balinese chicken with coconut rice. The flavour was insane. Pumpkin and maple jumbo pasta with creamy tomato sauce and salad. Also a 10 out of 10. But the absolute winner was the chicken cacciatore with fresh homemade tagliatelle. Hayes actually said if you were served that at a fancy restaurant, you'd be happy, and I couldn't agree more.
1: All meals come in these great reusable containers, which are so handy, and you can choose between fresh or frozen options to either eat now or stock in your freezer. If you're thinking about what to gift a new mum, new Bub Club is a great option.
0: Head to newbubclub.com to gift or purchase homemade meals for your family or someone in need of some postpartum care. Listeners of Witching Hour will receive $20 off the first order using code READY20. So my recent Ready or Not guest, Catherine Millhouse, talked a lot about how confident she was in the workplace, but how that didn't transfer to motherhood. And I would say I am the total opposite. Like, not confident in the workplace, never have gone for salary raises when I should have, not very good at advocating for myself, a little bit of a sheep in the workplace, which is quite interesting because as you know, I'm not like a quiet person no, you're by not. any stretch. For whatever reason in the workplace, I have been. It doesn't matter as well, like what industry I've been in. This happened as much when I worked in the family business as it did when I moved into more media roles within sport. I'm just not, that much of a go-getter when it comes to... It's a
1: personality thing though, Lou. Like I think it's a difference in personality.
0: However, I'm confident as a mum, I would say. Yes. I would say luckily as soon as I had Ray, obviously you're always a bit nervous about that, but I would say that all in all I was pretty confident from the get-go. Didn't second-guess myself too much. Of course had my moments. But I would say I was the total opposite of Catherine Milhouse. And it got me inspired to put out a bit of a poll to our Ready or Not listeners, to our Instagram followers, to see their opinions on this. So the first question was, which I'll get you to guess the percentages. Okay, Okay. The first question was, when it comes to confidence, did you find that the way you felt about your ability in paid work was in stark contrast with how you felt about yourself in motherhood? What percentage do you think said absolutely versus not really?
1: Absolutely, like 30%. 68%. Oh, wow. I was so wrong. Yeah. So over two
0: thirds of our listeners or followers felt either more confident in one camp or the other, but not both. Interesting. And I would say that 32% either had similar self-doubt, hopefully not, but either similar self-doubt in both areas yeah. or similar confidence in both areas. The next question was, if yes, where did you feel more confident, paid work or motherhood? Guess the breakdown there.
1: It's so hard because I know you said mother motherhood, but personally, I found paid work so much easier. I would I say paid say work. Yeah, I reckon like 60% paid work. So this actually surprised me quite a lot.
0: And I really like that it was so even because I think it's really comforting to both camps. 52% for paid work, I would have guessed way higher like you. I would have thought that most people, because your achievements have reward and all of that sort of stuff at work normally, I thought that'd be way higher. But paid work was 52% and motherhood was 48%. So everyone could rest easy. That's even split. They're very seen in that split. And then the last question I asked before asking for their stories was if yes, was this a surprise to you or something you anticipated? So if you were feeling either not confident at work post kids or not confident as a mother, was that a surprise? So the answer options were big surprise or I expected it, I think. What do you think the breakdown is there?
1: I think big surprise.
0: And what percentage are you thinking?
1: Oh, maybe like Fifty-five percent. 56 percent. Stop close. it. Jesus, I come back Just on the last good. question. She's getting it.
0: <laughs> so that's again a pretty even split. I was in the I expected it camp, or I hoped is probably more I guess I guess expected with hindsight, but hoped going into it that I'd be confident in that regard. Um but again, people can I guess feel very seen by those stats. It's a really even split, and I found that really interesting. I thought more people would be confident in their paid work. Yes. I'm really happy to see that half were just as confident in motherhood or more so. So then I asked for any stories or reflections related to this. One person said, from experience but also talking to others, I think this is really common in health professionals as well and it certainly was for me. In a career where your job is to problem solve and fix, it was really hard trying to avoid this mindset in parenthood. I found it really difficult to accept that at times there isn't anything wrong with your child, that it is probably just one of those days. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Someone else said confidence coming back from mat leave has been a huge challenge, especially the second time, which is really interesting because a lot of us would probably hope or think that if you've done it once, you sort of just do it again. But it goes to show that every motherhood experience is so different. And then those postpartum and return to work experience can be really different too. Yeah. Someone said, went into motherhood confident because I never found work truly hard, have been humbled over time. I love that. <laughs> <Basically>, <laughs> motherhood so, definitely humbles yeah, you. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I felt great loss of confidence in all areas of life, career, mum, wife, self, all of it. Thank you very much to that person for sharing that because it can be a huge change as we know. This next person said, really struggling with feeling so incompetent as a mum. Just want to only work and dread days off, but then feel like shit for not wanting to hang with my kid and then also flaking at work due to illness. That hurts my heart. And I think there'd be so many people that feel the exact same way. So good on you for saying that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. There's
0: definitely days where I've been so relieved when raised at daycare and then I just have the day to do work and not think about him. So I can totally understand that. And you're doing an amazing job. Don't need to tell you that, but you are. And know that, that that would not be an uncommon experience. Exactly. And then the last person says, in motherhood, effort does not equal results, unlike my job. That's such a big one. And that comes up all the time. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. What's well, been your, what was your experience? Because I know that in your first postpartum, you probably didn't enjoy those first four months as much as you then started to afterwards. Tell us about how you felt with career versus motherhood in terms of confidence.
1: Look, I think... I was a bit, not naive, but I think the difference between the two of us, Lou, and I know that, and I do think it plays out later, is that innately you've always wanted to be a mum. Like ever since I've known you, it's like something that's like a non-negotiable for you. Like you're like, I always wanted to be a mum. I
0: used to chase this little girl around the playground (laughs) when I was in like prep. And now I've realized she was only like 18 months younger than me, but I was obsessed with her. Like she was a little, you know, I've always been that way inclined. So I agree with that.
1: Yeah. So I haven't. So as in, I've, I would have liked to have children. And I'm lucky enough to have two, but I was also kind of of the camp and this sounds a bit privileged because I feel like I've, if I couldn't have children, my mindset would be very different. But I was also in the camp that like, if it happens for us, amazing, like it'll happen when it happens. Yeah. Particularly with the end of the first one, I was like, oh, we'll see how we go. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You weren't stressed or worried about it. Nah. Were you ever a babysitter? Like, did you grow up looking after kids? no. Because I was too, like I was like bloody babysitting every second I could. And I had a lot of younger cousins that I looked after.
1: I was just never like that. And also, when other people had kids, I was always be like, ah, eh, like they were yeah. so weird and I always gooey wanted and like, to be, be more you like
0: them. You like I thought it was always a bit cooler to be a bit like whatever. But I was that dorky person that just loved well, babies. Well, <laughs> I do think in
1: terms of humbling. I actually think I kind of I've softened a lot since having Sienna, and now like when people ask me like how many kids do you want I'm like a thousand like I'm absolutely oh you are like very much
0: in your mother energy now like I love it from someone that like you know didn't did not that you saved kids for later or anything but you weren't in a huge rush like me no you've totally stepped into your mom energy
1: and I worry that like I really want one more and I worry that I'll have that next one and be like I'm I just still don't think I'm done. It's an addiction, and Ryan will be like, "We're fucking done."
0: Like, <laughs> we are done, sweetie. <laughs> I've had the appointment, <laughs> but we're not. <laughs> and so, how did you feel in early motherhood?
1: No, I like. I really, I really did not enjoy it. Like, I found it utterly boring. I was like, "What do you do all day with these kids?" Like, yeah, Sienna, and also this sounds even weirder. And I know this is a bit arrogant, but Sienna slept. Which I, which I was humbled with when Zay did not. Yes, because she's an amazing
0: of, sleeper. She's amazing.
1: She slept. I was like, Fuck, you know, like it sounds awful. When I hand her, I was like, what are these people whinging about? It's not yeah. like that Like Yeah, they just yeah. This is easy. If Speed anything, i
0: bored, blah, 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 I'm so bored and I was like yeah. desperate See, to get See, I wasn't bored work. in early motherhood. It's so interesting how different all our experiences are.
1: Yeah, but the second time around with Zay, I was like, whoa. This yeah. is fucked up. But you also loved it from the get go. I
0: loved the second it. Second time. So that was interesting because I guess maybe it was a complete flip.
1: So I don't know. I think I think one thing that one of our followers wrote in was like when you're at work, you do have like milestones, goals, action items, to do lists. You're trained, like you get training on like what needs to be done and how to do it. Or like oh, good point. You don't get training in motherhood. I never even think about that. And you get recognized and rewarded. So it's like you hit your well done, like you're killing it, you're crushing it. Yeah. With Sienna, I never felt like that. And then I also, with Zay, I was like, I'll put him in this sleep suit. I tuck in this way because this is how Sienna slept. He was like, I don't want to borrow this. Like, yeah. I don't like sleeping like that. And I'm like, dude, what's going on? This worked for me before why isn't why it isn't working, working? Yeah. now
0: that's the other wild thing about motherhood is that what worked for one baby doesn't necessarily just work doesn't. for another and i'm going to be really interesting to see how that plays out with Posey versus ray it's interesting though the way you say that in terms of what that girl said with achievement and acknowledgement because i also do think that that's like the greatest lesson of motherhood without being too woo woo it's like that's i reckon almost the whole point of becoming a parent is to like learn that life isn't just about achievement and praise and goal chasing.
1: I I still chase that. Like I'm like
0: yeah, every day I'm
1: like, I look at Ryan, I'm like, this is what we did today. And I like, I sit there and I wait for him to be like, that's amazing. Like you're killing it. You're the best mom ever.
0: I did that actually yesterday with Hayden. I was like, I feel like I achieved a lot today for day eight postpartum. And he's like, See, that's great. You do want it. You yeah, need it. You just can't get
1: it from your own kids. Like a three-year-old's like, no, thanks mom. Like the end of the other day told me, So she said to me, I love you very much. And I was like, how much? That's what I said. And she's like, in the sky. And I was like, "God, that's beautiful. And I was like, that really made my whole week.
0: Yeah, that was worth it. (laughs) Everything today that you did was worth it. Now, Loz, give me a tip. I have a tip today. I have one ready to go. You'll be happy to know.
1: Oh, God. Do you want to go first then or do you want me to? All right, fine. I'll go first. (laughs) Yes. Yes, girl. My tip, I hope I
0: haven't mentioned it before because I have the memory of a fish, perhaps even more so now. Is a breastfeeding trolley. Ah. Anyone that's heading into the next postpartum. The first layer is for me. So I have like magnesium cream. I have hand cream. I have hair ties. I have snacks from that Crumble brand. I have Hydra Mama sachets to put in my water. I have Panadol. What else do I have? Magnesium tablets. I have the 10th postpartum tablets in there. I yeah. have the Chiara probiotic in there. So layer one is all for me. Layer two is posies, nappies, wipes, all of that stuff. And then layer three is muslin wraps, cloths, blankets, and books for Ray. Oh, cute. And I just wheel it up the hall to the living room and I wheel it back to my bedroom. And it is the third best invention in postpartum. The first one is the meal
1: train. Yes. The second
0: one is the postpartum doula. And the third one is the breastfeeding trolley.
1: And it doesn't have to be fancy, I'm assuming. You just fill Ikea, $19 number. Yeah, perfect. That's what I was envisioning.
0: Yeah, it's Ikea. Hayden built it for me, got my water bottle in there too. And I can see just... it in the
1: crevice. Yeah. I can see in the crevice of the screen. I see. I'm actually
0: going to put a poll out and ask for everyone's best breastfeeding trolley items and then I'm going to write about it in a substack piece. So that will be live by the time this goes out. So I'll link that in the show notes. So there's my tip.
1: Good one, Lodi. Love it. Hey. My tip is, and I did this, so I wanted, and I, I did this and I, it's so bizarre, I was speaking to other people about it and it's like, they had no idea. And I was like, it's just, I felt like it was common sense. So if you're about to go on maternity leave and you're someone that financially can and wants the full year, or you want to take a little bit more than the first year, you're like, oh, you know, maybe it's your second, you've done a bit more saving, you know what it's like. And you're like, oh, do you know what? I'm having the baby at Christmas. And I wouldn't mind going back in February. That's a great example. Yeah. What you can do, if you've got annual leave, you can take your annual leave first at half pay if your employer lets you, or you could take it at full pay. Oh, that's really smart because you, if you're taking your annual leave at half
0: pay, that might be quite similar to when you're on the minimum wage government leave anyway. So it would feel quite consistent for longer.
1: Yes, and maternity leave starts when you take maternity leave. Yeah. So by doing that, if you took annual leave, let's just say you've got three weeks of annual leave at half pay, that increases your time legally back at work by six weeks. Does that make sense?
0: Genius. That makes so much sense and I love it.
1: Yeah. I did that with Zave, and I just found it so beneficial because he was due at the end of November and I was like, I'm not going to want to go back to bloody work in November.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I love I that. I don't want to do that. And so your workplace considered you on mat leave when your actual mat leave started, not when your annual leave started. That's right. That's a hot tip. I love it. It's a goodie. That's all she wrote for today, Lozzie.
1: That's right. So if you have enjoyed listening to today's episode, please leave us a positive or just a review and follow us on radio.com. See you next week. Adios. Posy says Bye.